Welcome back to another episode of In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary. My name is Lawrence, and I'm glad that you're joining me today. As always, our show is going to feature many different career and job search related topics. And today we will be talking about grad school. Well, typically you wouldn't really think of grad school as a career per se, but I mean, I think technically it kind of is, right? Because you're really deciding for the next couple of years after you finish your uh, undergrad, what you want to do, right? And, and of course, completing a grad school program would take at least two years, if not a little bit more, right? And there's also kind of thought of, you know, if it's just master or do you want to go on to complete a PhD as well? So there's lots of factors I would say to consider, you know, and not just simply, um, you know, completing grad school and that's it. And the reason why we are bringing up grad school for today's topic is because later on, we will hear from our guest, uh, which she will talk a little bit more about what she's doing right now for her PhD. And just talk a little bit about, you know, basically a career in academia, and how to get there. But first, let's talk about one of the most recent events that Uh, career services hosted and that is our grad school fair that just happened last week we had a number of different schools and programs there available so students can really see what's out there after they finish their degree and this always brings me back to when i was a undergrad student as well i mean for myself i studied psychology so for that you know i think often the first thought for psych students is that, okay, well, I got to pursue research and therefore, you know, see what's available to me and then maybe look at continuing that in, in grad school. Um, but I learned somewhat early on or kind of maybe midway that research really isn't for me. Uh, I think some of the, the stuff that you find and, and read through uh, different articles is quite interesting. But in the end, I didn't feel that I would be the one that would be doing those kind of research and publishing those sort of results. But overall, a lot of consideration should be placed on, you know, if you should go into grad school, I would say. Um, You know, you really have to consider, like, what is your motivation? And how will pursuing grad school get you to your goal? Like, what are your goals? I guess you should kind of ask yourself uh, at the very beginning. Um, Because I think, yeah, it's really easy as an undergrad student, especially if it's something that's not very straightforward, you know, stuff like business and engineering, that's very clear cut what you're going to do at the end of the degree. But for, you know, the the programs that we have in arts and a few of them in sciences, it can vary quite a bit. You know, it's not so much what your degree can do for you, but what do you do, what do you want to do with your degree? Plus, there's also a lot of other kind of factors such as you know, a program that might be thesis-based compared to one that's more courses-based. You know, is there a practicum with this program? And then, of course, other things as finances as well, right? Because pursuing a grad degree is an investment of its of itself. So how does that compare? You know, is it that significant of a, of a raise, perhaps, right? If you are pursuing something a little bit more uh, higher level. Right? And then other programs, again, maybe require you to work with a supervisor. And from kind of what I've heard, you know, supervisors can sort of make or break the whole experience. Um, you know, having the right people around you to support you during your program can be quite important. And so there's a lot of different factors definitely you have to weigh before really 
deciding on on grad school. And if you do need a little bit of help with that, um, and you are a U of C student, you are able to get a little bit of assistance from the Student Success Center. They offer appointments on considering grad school and a little bit of application help, as well as um, help with applying for scholarships and awards and such. Right, so definitely check them out. So while those are still some just general thoughts and factors uh, that definitely should be considered, uh, but now let's actually talk to someone who's been in that position before. And now let's go into our Real People, Real Career segment and talk to Manaz Rafi. Manaz is a second year PhD student in organizational behavior. Previously, she completed her master's at Queen's University, uh, also in organizational behavior. But before that, she was a UFC student who finished her psychology degree in a Bachelor of Science. So now she's back at the UFC doing her own research and working on her own thesis on workplace mistreatment, which we'll find a little bit more about. But along the way, we're going to hear about how she decided to pursue grad school and how finding a right fit with supervisors is very important. And of course, some key skills that you need to have for pursuing a graduate program. So now let's hear from her and our interviewer, David. What are some areas that, that, that you're finding are, are challenging? Yeah, so I think with research, uh, I'm just <laughs> starting to realize that there are so many uh, uncertainties that are actually beyond our control that, you know, before uh, I was naive enough to think that we could control it, but then now realizing we can't. Uh, for example, <clears throat> we could plan to have a really good research design and then work hard to and also pay a lot of money to uh, collect really good data. But then uh, after we analyze the data, it may be that, you know, uh, the hypothesis that we had hoped for or the model that we were trying to run actually is not significant. So then it makes it a little bit difficult to then continue pursuing the project uh, any further. So I think, yeah, that's something that's very difficult because in our field within, um, within academia, the really driving factor is that we have to have a lot of publications that are top tier and also frequent in nature. So then uh, when, <laughs> when there are difficulties in that research factor, uh, such as not finding the results that we were hoping for, it makes it, it, makes it quite difficult and I think sometimes discouraging. So I think um, a great skill to learn within graduate studies is to be able to then, you know, take that, uh, take that data and see what else can be done and what is it trying to tell me that I can actually then write about. Because every data set is trying to tell us something. It's just that it might not be what we were hoping for or that we what we had predicted, but it still told us something that was informative and that we can use to predict, you know, what's going to happen in future or in other industries and, and so on and so forth. All right. Let's go back to when you were younger. Yes. What was your career plan? Yeah. So uh, um, <laughs> when I was just uh, doing my undergrad, uh, I had actually planned to go into law. And so then I was talking to a lot of law students during my first and second year and a little bit in my third year also. Uh, about, you know, just 
a day in their life, what they were doing, what they like, uh, kind of like the questions that you're asking me, uh, what do you like about your career and what don't you and, and things like that. And, you know, a lot of them, they, they weren't happy. So that it made me really nervous that uh, should I really be pursuing a career where I know, you know, like so many people are just not enjoying it. Uh, <clears throat> so that was kind of one factor that made me scared to to continue pursuing law. And I would say the bigger uh, issue was that so if, if you're an undergrad in psychology, honestly, <laughs> almost everyone is encouraged to just really do at least one research assistant position to get a little bit of exposure to research. So then uh, I started doing uh, these research assistant positions. And through that, I realized that I really liked what I was working on. And the projects I was working on were related to, uh, you know, workplace mistreatment. And I thought that, oh, maybe, you know, I'm just someone who really likes research. So then I started uh, joining other research labs that were collecting data on different topics and we're working on different types of projects and then through kind of these navigations I realized that I do like research but I don't like research on everything it's really just uh, kind of organizational research that looks at employees and how they behave and uh, how they can be helped to improve better within within companies and, and industry that that really just um, grabs my attention so so then, yeah, through that, I started talking to more grad students and, you know, seeing how they work, what their lives are like. And for the most part, <laughs> they seem to be really enjoying what they were doing. I think um, it's because research is just something that's so boring that if you don't truly like it, you are not going to be doing it. So <laughs> so, so most of us really enjoy what we do. And, um, and I, I really liked seeing that. And that was also something that was very attractive to me. And then, and so, so then, yeah, for those three reasons, then I decided to pursue graduate studies. And now I have decided to pursue academia. Good for you. Um, yeah, who, who's been an influence on your career up to this point? I would definitely, definitely say that it was the people who I was working under during my undergrad. So, you know, I still remember the first research assistant position that I had. Um, that supervisor, the doctoral candidate that I was working under, she was a very active supervisor and she really helped to mentor me. So whenever we worked, um, basically my <clears throat> job was that I used to code the data and then the supervisor would analyze the data. I think in a lot of research labs that would just be where, you know, the research assistant's role is finished and there's no uh, further involvement. But then the supervisor that I was working under, she would just, you know, tell me the results and um, also consult with me about what I thought about the results. And that was, I, I'm really grateful for that because having that increased exposure um, made it more interesting for me. You know, it wasn't just something that I did mechanically. I got to see what was the fruit of it, you know, what was the result of it, how to make sense of what I was doing. So that um, that really fostered my interest within within research and then within also just organizational research, which is which is my area of interest now. Okay, now th this is is not one of the questions, but 
tell me about like, what are you doing now in your PhD that really excites you? Yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's it's really just uh, research. So right now I'm actually working on uh, a project related to workplace mistreatment and we're trying to see if uh, different types of mistreatment or different forms of workplace abuse from different sources can have differential effects on employees. So we know that, you know, um, employees aren't just verbally abused. They aren't just sexually harassed. They aren't just um, humiliated. They, they may be receiving all of those treatments. They may be receiving just one or uh, two of them, you know, a combination of them or whatever. Um, and then they could be also receiving it from different people. They could be receiving it from their uh, supervisor, from their peers, from their customers. So uh, what we're trying to now look at is whether those things really matter, whether, you know, who doesn't matters, whether uh, what form is given to them matters. And, and yeah, I think within the field that uh, within my specific research field that this is going to make a big difference because this is what researchers have been calling for for the past few years that we need to know you know what really matters within workplace mistreatment and I have been given a really good uh, data set from Statistics Canada that I can use to answer that very question. Okay interesting so I mean, you're kind of halfway through your, your PhD, right? So when, when are you planning to, to graduate? Yeah, so uh, I'm planning to graduate within the next three years. Um, <clears throat> so within PhD, we kind of have the, I guess, two sides. <laughs> On the one side, uh, it's the first two years when we are responsible for courses and research and um, we are basically just preparing for our doctoral candidacy exam. And then after the doctoral candidacy exam, we become responsible for teaching and for research. So um, then we just prepare for our doctoral dissertation and defense. So right now I am still in the first half. I'm preparing for my doctoral candidacy exam. And, and yeah, so, so yeah, within, within the next three, three years is my plan. Okay, so it sounds to me like you're really like all involved and you're busy and, and I mean, you're working hard, um, but it sounds to me like you enjoy it. So what's a bonus about working on your PhD in organizational behavior? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I think a big bonus is that we actually get the opportunity to travel all around the world if, if we want, because uh, conferences are usually held in uh, very very attractive locations to to attract further participants so if you are someone who you know wants to enjoy traveling but hasn't really gotten the chance to then i think just being within academia and then and then being a doctoral student can really add that um as a as an added bonus because we we do have that opportunity yeah that that's that's an interesting benefit of that that's something that i, I didn't think about right but wow okay so what's a specialty skill or value that you would need to be successful in this field mm -hmm. so there are really just two skills that is that's i guess the most important um for research within my field and 
they can both be, um, I guess, acquired through training and through good supervision through graduate studies. So, so it's really important for graduate students to kind of keep that in mind and and evaluate, you know, how well they're being trained because the the these are the skills that they would need to to be successful after they graduate. And it's that uh, one of it is. <clears throat> absolutely just their statistical skills and comfort with running different kinds of analyses and then the other one is <clears throat> good theory building and being able to theorize about things and uh, having theoretical arguments to to ground their full research project and as well as their hypotheses so so yeah the Theorizing really comes into play when the research project is at the beginning stage, when researchers are still trying to develop their reasons for developing the hypotheses. And then in the later stage of the research project, they really need to have the, the statistical data analysis skills and being able to then, uh, first of all, know about the methods to actually design the study that would be able to answer the research questions that they have and then finally to be able to analyze the data in a way that would answer the research question that they have all right okay now let's kind of the final question is i want you i'm going to give you the floor now to just provide some career tips that you want to share to people listening to this radio show yeah so my i guess first tip would be to uh <laughs> to other undergraduate students who are trying to pursue graduate studies um and it would be that they should really talk to <laughs> other grad students to to really know you know if this really is something that is right for them uh so i am kind of starting to see this within um within a lot of undergrads that i work with that they think that you know um with an undergrad maybe they are not going to find a good job especially in psychology uh, i think with an undergrad um there is th there's a limit to to how far their career can progress um, or so the students perceive. So then because of that, they, they you know, experience kind of this mental pressure that, oh, I, I really have to just do graduate studies to be able to find a, a good job or to progress my career along. And they think that it is the path for them. However, um, graduate school, I think, is very difficult. <laughs> and depending on the school, <clears throat> so UFC, for example, is a it's a very research oriented research intensive school and program so unless you know the person is really interested in uh research and then also in the specific field of research it's it's not going to be a good fit and um it's going to be very very difficult for them so i think that they should yeah, um, my first step would be for them to really acquaint themselves with the graduate students and most graduate students actually welcome welcome that kind of initiative and interest from undergrads because we know that we were able to come here because, you know, we talked to other people and they have helped us. So we are we're always trying to kind of pay forward and and help mentor other other um, undergrads who are in the kinds of positions that we often were when we were undergrads. Another tip that I would uh, give is to just, you know, be mindful of their own reactions to the things that they're doing. 
if they are working on a project and you know they are actually not enjoying it they should be mindful of that and, and realize and recognize and also acknowledge that you know this is not something that they're liking and this is probably then not going to be something that they will enjoy doing if they if they continue along this path so so just you know being kind of introspective and reflect on how they're feeling and what they're thinking when they're doing the activities is is going to be something that's uh, th that will help them realize the path that they should eventually take with their career. So similar to you when you were younger mm -hmm. talking to lawyers and then kind of like being like reflecting a little bit going like oh, I don't know I don't know if this would be a good path for me and right so I think you've taken your own advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think uh from my own experience I came up with that advice <laughs> well no that's good good for you good tips um thank you so much um for for talking with me today and and I, I really appreciate it To listen to this interview again, go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. All right, so welcome back to In the Works airing on CJSW. We just heard from Manaz and kind of her own experience. So now I want to bring in David and I don't know, let's let's hear a little bit from him. So David, I want to know, like when you completed your undergrad, mm -hmm. Did you have thoughts of doing grad school after or was it kind of a popular thought amongst students? It it was a popular thought amongst students, but I not as popular as it is now. I mean, because that was 20 years ago. Um, and I, I never really thought about grad school because to be honest, Lawrence, I wasn't the greatest student. So I didn't really have... <laughs> super duper high marks to get into grad school so it was never really a realistic thought for myself um, but I did end up moving west and going to SAIT and, and doing um, a year of filmmaking I didn't like that but then I did go to Mount Royal uh, Mount Royal College back then but now Mount Royal University and I took a, a business administration certificate so not grad school, but it was like an after uh, continuing education certificate. And then that in combination with the degree made me very, very employable. Yeah, and I think that's worth mentioning as well. Um, kind of the after degree programs, that's not just, you know, grad school. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, continuing education, you know, a lot of post-secondaries and universities have it. And I think, yeah, that those are worth looking into as well. I, I think that's always a good maybe kind of intermediate step um to you know a, a grad program but nowadays I, I think yeah there's kind of also new kind of different trends and whatnot i mean there's a lot of whole on, like online courses that you can take but micro credentials is becoming a, a bit of a thing in the past year or so you know so really specializing on uh kind of specific courses that you need for a certain area and you know not having to take like the entirety of a program where again you know can be quite time and cost consuming so yeah, that, that's a bit of a, a latest trend. For sure. But one thing I have noticed is more students want to go to grad school. It's almost like they, they feel they have to go to grad school. And that's where we can kind of come in and mm -hmm. say, well, I, I don't know. Do you have to go to grad school? Do you need a master's in this or this to get this job? Sometimes I like to 
tell employers to, or tell, not employers, but tell the students to reach out to the employers, do the information interviewing, gather up all the research, and get industry to tell you what to do next, rather than you tell yourself what to do next. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, for sure. So, let's go back to Manaza's interview, and, you know, she mentioned that she was doing her research in workplace mistreatment. And that be that can be quite a bit of a heavy area, just because, I mean, it's not really a nice thing to talk about. <laughs> no. So with workplace mistreatment, um, I mean, myself, I, I think I've been in a pretty fortunate position. I haven't really seen or had it happen to me too much. Uh, but what about you, David? You have had much. Like many more of years' experience over. <laughs> oh, thanks, than me. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I double. I mean, the experience you got. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, what have you seen over the years? Like, have you experienced or, or seen any? Well, I, I, I've, I've seen positive work environments and not so positive work environments. Sure, I, I've seen some behaviors that are not acceptable. Um, to the way businesses should be run, um, but n- n- nothing too bad. I I I, I don't think. Um, I don't like those types of atmospheres. Yeah. I I I would rather have everybody playing on the same team and everybody's sales are heading in the same direction. I, I, I that that's a much better workplace, and and I think we have that now at Career Services. So I'm really happy to come to work. Yeah, and not to just kind of toot our own horn, but I, I really do like the uh, environment that our career services uh, office has developed over the years. But it wasn't always like that, hey, from what I've heard. Well, no, it, it's kind of companies' behavior and, and companies' personality <laughs> style kind of changes depending on the, on the people working Um um, there, but yeah, the, the, there there were some employees maybe that that didn't get along, and then there were more kind of uh, incidences at work than there are now. Um, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally understandable. But I've kind of yeah did a little research myself. And I guess, yeah, I kind of went all academic because obviously we were talking to someone working in academia, so I wanted to make sure I get my facts straight to the best I can at least. And uh, yeah, with workplace mistreatment, there are like several types. Like obviously within academics, there's like a definition, like a proper definition for everything. And so let's see here. The types of mistreatment include abusive supervision, bullying, discrimination, exclusion, general harassment, in- inclusivity, interpersonal conflict, psychological aggression, sexual harassment, undermining, and violence. So, I mean, yeah, all of these are, 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 I'd say, very serious. And, I mean, I think there are degrees of it that, that people would experience uh, in a general workplace. But, yeah, all of these, I think, I mean, there's there's a consequence to it. There's, a, there's a, an outcome to it, and usually... I think when you put it in in terms of like cents and dollars, that's when it'll really make an impact, hey? I, I absolutely, because I, I think that's how a lot of people think is like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, how much <laughs> is it costing our organization? I, I think we have to put numbers beside every everything in order to really make positive change, right? Yes, totally. And so, 
I don't know. Do you have a bit of a guess or an estimate of globally how much just people being away from work or um, productivity loss? How many, how much do you think that would add up to? Well, I, I, I mean, lots. I, I, I mean, think about it. You got a baseball team out there, and only seven of the the nine players show up, right? I mean, that's not going to be a good baseball team if they're playing against a, a nine player team. So. It's got to be in the billions, I would think, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, times that by a couple, <laughs> couple of uh, numbers. So it's a big, big range here. But estimates from somewhere from six hundred ninety-one billion to one point nine trillion annually. Again, people who Whoa. are, uh, you know, taking time away from work or productivity loss. That's a huge amount, and. Yeah, I mean, that, you're not that happy. no, that is a huge amount because you know me in numbers, right? Like a billion is a huge number. You, you, here's some trivia for you. But do you know how long a billion seconds is? Uh, I figured this out at work one time, way, way, way back <laughs> when I was bored. A billion seconds is 31 and a half years. Wow. I would have guessed maybe like five or six years. No, it's 31 and a half years. So that means a trillion seconds is 31,000 years. That's a lot of money. And you know what? That should be published and, and companies should look for growth and try and make all their employees happy and and, and satisfied and really productive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think kind of the overall general awareness over the years, recent years, that is, uh, of just, you know, mental health, creating an inclusive environment, I think seems like we're heading in a, in a good direction. Absolutely. No, I, I think it's re- a really positive direction we're heading towards. Okay, sounds good. Well, that does it for us today. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode and to listen to anything that you might have missed, just go to our website, ucalgary.ca careers. And we hope to then talk to you next time on In the Works. <laughs>